I may never get to shake your hand or look you in the eyes. I may never get to introduce you to my family or brag to you about my kids. I may never get to tell you how all your hard work paid off and what you fought for still stands. I may never get to show you how I value the life you gave so that we could live ours. All the hurts you endured, all the fears you faced, and yet you still rose to the occasion. So to you and to all those you left behind, thank you for your sacrifice. Well, hey, while you're clapping, can you just do me a favor this morning and give those who are watching us right now live online a round of applause and thank them for being a part of our worship experience. I know it's been raining and a lot of people are out and about on this Memorial Day weekend, but I'm so thankful that you've chosen to worship with us, even if it's online, we appreciate you making that a priority. And as the video you just witnessed there certainly underscores the importance of why this weekend even exists. We just want, I think, um, as a body of believers, as a church, I, I believe we need to give honor where honor is due. And we're going to be unpacking that whole subject here in just a second. But I just want to just take a moment and just express my own personal uh, gratitude and appreciation for the men and the women of the armed forces who have gone before us. You know, I think it's so easy at times to take our freedom for granted. I think it's so easy sometimes to... Um, maybe just it's the out of sight, out of mind temptation of not maybe understanding or fully comprehending the true sacrifices and the price, the ultimate price, which is obviously with one's life that has been paid so that we can have church, so that we can have the freedom. You know, tomorrow being Memorial Day is not about barbecue. It's about the battlefield. It's about the men and the women who have truly, the heroes who have gone before us to make such an incredible sacrifice. And so with that said, I'd like to do something to give honor where honor is due. And if we have active um, men and women who are currently uh, serving in the armed forces, would you please stand to your feet? Uh, or maybe you have, maybe, maybe you're here and maybe you serve in another area of our city government. For example, maybe you are a firefighter, maybe you're a police officer, an EMT, anybody that serves in those areas as well. I just want to invite all of you to stand. And uh, if, you're, if you're here representing today, uh, how many of you know someone like that? We all know someone like that, obviously. Well, today, here's my challenge to you. I challenge you, if you have the opportunity to pick up the phone and call them or maybe shoot them a text and let them know how much you appreciate the sacrifices that they truly, truly make. But let's give, listen, let's give honor where honor is due. And that's for the men and the women who have paid such a high, high price. And um, so, so very grateful for that. You know, when you think about it, uh, we live in a culture, in a, in, a, in a society today where for whatever reason, uh, I think we could be safe to say we are a nation in many respects without honor. It's crazy. You, when you think about it, we, we seem to honor dishonor and, and dishonor honor. And it's just kind of like a oxymoron. Doesn't even make sense. And yet you see it all over, you know, the media, when you look at the politicians and you see everything going on in the world of politics or even in sports and entertainment. There's so much 
dishonor that seems to take place. You see it all over Hollywood. You see it, obviously, in our homes, and you see it in our marriages. You see it in our classrooms. You see it in our schools with our kids. You, You see so much dishonor and disrespect in so many different areas of life. And I don't know about you, but I want to bring honor back. Turn to your neighbor, look at him, and say, let's bring honor back. And I think the reason why that's so important is because we're going to learn a principle today that has the power to literally unleash God's supernatural power in and through our lives when we learn to be people of honor, when we learn to live our lives with honor. And so what's powerful is that in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 6, in fact, if you have our, our app, I would encourage you to open it up. You can follow along with me there. Uh, with all the message notes and verses I'm going to be sharing today in our uh, Rethink Life app, or if you have your Bibles, open them up to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 6. I'm going to read to you a passage of Scripture that Jesus himself encountered when he went back to his hometown. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 1 and following, it says that Jesus left the part of the country and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. Now the next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all of this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Notice carefully. Then they scoffed. Oh, he's just a carpenter. Oh, that's the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and and Judas and Simon. And his sisters, oh, they live right here among us. They were deeply, notice carefully, offended and refused to believe in him, in Jesus, the Son of God. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere, except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, notice, He couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their what? Say say it out loud. Unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. That word honor there in that passage of scripture is a Greek word and it's pronounced temei. It's actually spelled like the word time, but it's pronounced teme. And what's interesting is that word teme, the word honor, actually means to add value, worth, or to place weight on something or someone. But ironically, the flip side of that word is also interesting. We get the same Greek word, and that Greek word is called atomus. And that actually means to take lightly or to treat as common. So you basically have two ends of the coin, and that is honor and dishonor. When we honor someone, what do we do? We're placing value on that person. When we honor someone, we're, we're, we're placing weight. When we honor someone, we're letting that person know, hey, you have meaning and value and worth in my eyes. But yet when we dishonor someone, what do we do? We treat them as common. When we dishonor someone, what are we doing? We're treating them as ordinary. In other words, we take them lightly. It's like a mist. 
When you think about a mist, when you think about, you know, a steam or fog or a mist, it doesn't have any weight. There's no substance to it. But when we honor someone, what we're actually doing is we are putting substance behind our words. We're showing honor. We're giving honor where honor is due. Now, what is the opposite when it comes to the issue of honor? You know what it is? It's familiarity. And that's the enemy. Familiarity is the enemy of honor. I think that's one of the, the greatest temptations that the enemy uses in relationships and specifically even in a marriage relationship where we begin to take one another for granted, where we begin to treat one another as lightly or, or tra- tra- treating someone as lightly or maybe, maybe treating them without the weight or placing the value that they truly deserve. And therefore, when we become accustomed to one another, when we start getting used to one another, and we become familiar with one another, what happens? We begin to treat one another as ordinary and common, and we're no longer placing the value on that individual in a way that God places value on them. And because of that, as a result, the relationships can go bad. Why? Because of a lack of honor. What's interesting to me is that in that passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 6, what's interesting is that where there is no honor, there was no faith. And because there was no faith, there was no what? No honor. So here was Jesus among the people there in his hometown, and because they didn't have faith, there was no honor. They didn't show him the honor that was due him. They didn't place value. They didn't place weight. They didn't, they didn't treat him as someone that was worthy of honor because they didn't see him as the son of the living God. Because of their lack of faith, they showed dishonor and disrespect. They scoffed at the person of who Jesus truly was. And so the Bible says that Jesus, it didn't say he didn't want to. The Bible actually says he couldn't do very many miracles. Why? Because the power of God was, with, was withheld from those people. Why? Because of their unbelief. I don't know about you, but I want the power of God to show up at Rethink Life Church. Amen? And the only way that the power of God can be unleashed in and through our lives and in and through our church is when we show honor and we give honor to the people who matter to God. And so when we treat one another in this house, when we treat one another outside of this house house with tremendous weight and value, guess what happens? God has the ability to work in us and through us. The power of God and, as we're going to unpack, the blessings of God will be ours. Why? Because we are living lives with honor. Honor honors God. Now, there's three things I want us to quickly look at if you're taking notes. And the first is this, three truths about honor. Number one, honor begins with seeing people as God sees them. You see, honor begins with seeing people as God sees them. You see, we have a tendency, I think in our culture now more than ever, we have a tendency to see people as they are. And because we have a tendency to see people as they are, we're quick to fill in the blank and we're we're quick to criticize, we're, we're quick to condemn, we're quick to form judgments or opinions. But what we do is we focus on someone because we see them as they are. But here's what you need to understand. What's interesting is that when we think about this whole issue of honor, 
we rationalize and we justify not showing honor to someone or treating someone with respect. And the reason why, because in our mind, we're thinking, well, well, I don't agree with that person. Or we may say, well, you know what? Well, that person hurt me. Or that person did something to me. Or that person, that person said something to me that greatly hurt me or brought tremendous pain to my life. And I understand that. I get that. We've all been hurt. We've all been disappointed. Listen, there have been things that have, said, that have been said toward us. And there have been things that have been done toward us that we would never wish on anybody. But here's the thing we need to understand. At the end of the day, we are all broken fallen, sinful, imperfect people. Would you agree with that? We're all sinners. The Bible says there's none righteous, not even one. But honor doesn't begin with how we see people as they are. Honor begins by seeing people with the way God sees them. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Romans 8 Verse 30, I love how it captures this in the Passion Translation. It says, having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, notice carefully, he co-glorified with his son. So what you've got to understand is this. Listen, God has the ability to see you and to see me not only as we are, but listen, God has the ability to see us not just in our complete depravity. God has the ability and the power to also see us in our divine dignity. Why? Because when Jesus sees us, he does, excuse me, when God sees us, he doesn't see us just in our fallenness and just in our sinfulness, but as followers of Jesus Christ, if we have a relationship with Christ, guess what? God doesn't see our sin. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of the precious blood that he spilt on a cross for us. That gives us hope. That simply means that when it comes to to, to, to how we treat people and, and how we see people. Listen, that simply means that, listen, yeah, yeah, God sees us in our sin. But listen, God also sees the potential inside of you. God not only sees our fallenness and our mistakes and, and, and our brokenness, but listen, God sees us in a way that even though we've made mistakes, he also sees us. Because, he, listen, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and he sees the best in us in light of our weaknesses. So the thing we need got to understand is this. Honor begins by seeing people as God sees them. We don't honor people because they deserve it. We honor people because we are honorable. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. Especially when someone's hurt us, offended us. But listen... We don't necessarily do it for their benefit. We do it for our benefit, which leads me to the second truth. And that is honoring people benefits us. It's interesting is that when Jesus was there in his hometown there in Nazareth, as we just stated, listen, very few miracles were experienced in that place. Why? Because of their unbelief, because of their lack of honor. Had the people had shown faith in Jesus, had they shown honor to Jesus, 
Just think of what kind of miracles, what kind of life change could have happened in that city had they shown and given honor where honor was due to Jesus, the very Son of God. They are the ones who missed out on the riches and the blessings of God pouring in and through their lives. Why? Because they withheld that from Jesus. And so here's the thing. When we honor people, it actually benefits us. I... Um, I'll never forget just a couple of weeks ago when we had um, Coach Lou Holtz, um, the great legendary football coach, and um, he spoke to our men's event called Man Up, and we had the opportunity to uh, visit with him uh, before we went out for the main session with all the, the men, and we had some athletes that were uh, gathered from across the different schools and some of the coaches, and so we were just talking to Coach Holtz, and one of the coaches actually Asked Coach Holtz the question. He said, hey, Coach, he said, uh, he said I'm curious. He said, you know, as as, throughout the years, he said, you know, you, you've picked some world-class athletes, some tremendous football players that have played for you and under you. And he said, uh, he said just, just so that these young men can kind of have an idea of what it is someone of your magnitude looks for as far as what, what a coach is actually looking for in an athlete, he said, what is the number one thing you actually look for? Of course, everybody was thinking, you know, size or speed or, you know, what, all these other physical, you know, characteristics and attributes. And I mean, without the blink of an eye, Coach Holtz, here's what he said. He said, the number one thing I, number one thing I look for with a young man is whether or not he respects his parents. Took completely, like, caught, caught everybody off guard. And then he went on to explain. He said, and the reason why I put such an important emphasis on that, he said, because I've had to learn the hard way. He said, I've learned that, is, that if an athlete, no matter how talented or skilled he might be, he said, what I've come to realize, he said, if they're unwilling to respect their parents, he said, they're, they're not going to respect me as a coach. They're, they're not going to respect their teammates. They're not going to respect their teachers and professors in the classroom. And he said, as a result, he said, I don't want to have anything to do with those kinds of players on my team. I thought, wow. What he was saying is that, listen, someone who shows dishonor, disrespect is going to affect the entire team. Why? Because it's like a virus. It becomes contagious. And so we've got to understand the importance that, listen, if we show honor, listen, who we're actually cheating is that when we don't show honor, we're cheating ourselves. We're withholding the blessings of God flowing in and through our lives when we're unwilling to show honor to people. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says it this way, children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you. All the parents at that point should say, amen. amen. So children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you. And the Lord, notice carefully, will help you. For the commandment, honor your father and your mother, was the first of the Ten Commandments. And notice carefully, with a promise attached, you will prosper and live a long, full life if you honor your parents. And so what is that saying? What that is saying is this. Listen, when we show honor, when we give honor where honor is due, doesn't matter whether we agree with them, doesn't matter whether or not, you know, they've done something that have hurt us or offended us. And I get it, listen, I get that we carry that kind of pain and sorrow. But listen, at the same time, we're not focusing on their 
mishaps and their behavior or their wrongdoing or how they've hurt us. No, we're focusing on who God is and we're seeing these people through the eyes of Jesus. And here's what we're doing. We're saying, God, because honoring other people honors you and because I'm honorable, I want to receive the promise that you have promised me. I want to receive the full measure of your blessings upon my life. Regardless of what they've done, regardless of what they didn't do, God, today I'm choosing to honor you. Listen, when we do that, God promises to bless our lives. And so we've got to live our lives in such a way to where we open our hearts and we open our lives to the full blessings because it's a promise that God says if we will honor those that God has placed over us, we'll be blessed. Have you ever noticed when you walk into a courtroom, hopefully you don't have to do that very often, <laughs> but if you've ever walked into a courtroom or maybe you've seen it on TV and somebody approaches you know, the, 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 the judge, what do they say? They say, your honor. Or you know, when they address the judge, they're addressing the judge whether it's a male or female, they're, they're, adjusting, they're addressing them as your honor. Yes, your honor. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is living a lifestyle worthy of, of honor or character. No, 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 no. We're not honoring that person because of the character they represent. We're honoring that person because of the, because of the seat that they sit in. And so we've got to understand that when we get under what God has placed over us, there's protection and there's blessings that come with that. And so the third thing is this, honor is also given. See, respect is earned, but honor is given. In other words, I'm not sitting around waiting for, something to, waiting for someone to do something toward me or to be something that I think they should be before I show respect or before I show honor. No, I'm just going to freely give it to them. Why? Because I'm honorable. Because that's a part of God's plan. That's a part of who God is. And so the Bible tells it to us like this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. For the Lord's sake, notice carefully, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed, for the king ha, for the for the king has set them for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right it is god's will that you that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you for you are free yet you are god's slaves so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God. And notice what Peter says, and respect the king. So in essence, we are choosing, we're making the choice to honor people simply because it is the right thing to do. Especially when it comes to those whom God has placed over our lives. Whether we like them, whether we dislike them, whether we agree with them, whether we don't agree with them, it doesn't matter. Listen, when we get under whom God has placed over our lives, God will still bless us anyway. And he protects us from all the other things that the enemy will use to get us derailed that will bring harm and disappointment and pain to our lives. Why? Because when we step outside of God's authority, listen, we are subject to the pitfalls and to the, to, the, to the consequences that are obviously being exposed to our lives. 
And so God wants us to be free from that, and the only way that we can do that is to give honor where honor is due. Now, let's break it down more practically. And there are three things I just want to share with you as we wrap this up. Just getting it very, very simple and practical. If you're taking notes, here's how you actually show honor. Because we all know I think it's important for us to do that. There's not a person here today I think would necessarily disagree with how important honor is and and why we should show honor. But on a practical level, how do we do that in the most basic areas of life, especially in our relationships? Well, the first is this. We have to prioritize it. In other words, we have to be willing to make honor a priority in our lives. And how do we do that? Well, Proverbs 3, verse 9 says it this way. Glorify God with all of your wealth, honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. And I believe it goes a step beyond just the whole monetary or, or issue of money or wealth. Listen, I believe it goes beyond that to the point of just saying, God, because you have great value and worth and weight to me. God, I'm placing you as the highest, the most important priority of my life. So therefore, God, I'm putting you first. God, I'm putting you first in the first hour of my day. God, I'm putting you first in the first 10% of my income, known as the tithe. God, I'm going to honor you because that's what your word tells us to do, to honor the Lord with our wealth, to give him the first 10% of our increase. When we give God the first part of our day, the first 10% of our income, when we give him the first day of the week, which by the way, that's what you're doing right now. You're honoring the Lord by making the Sabbath, making this day an important day as a act of worship. You're coming into the house of God. Why? Because it's important to you. And so when we prioritize honor, listen, when we honor God in every area of our lives, guess who will be blessed? We'll be blessed. Man, there will be things in our lives that God will use, listen, in, in, in a way that, that only He can use to bless us. Why? Because we're living lives that are obedient and we're living lives of honor. Listen, God just honors honor. He truly does. And we have to make it a priority. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Practice putting honor first. Hey, when you go to a restaurant, if you're going to, to a place to eat here in a little while, and uh, maybe somebody, you know, is, is, uh, is, is waiting to, you know, behind you. Maybe they're coming behind you. you. You open the door. Rather than opening the door and you walking in first and, you know, even if you're graciously holding the door as you're walking through first, no, stop and say, here, you first. As you have the opportunity to do something that blesses somebody, make that a priority. Why? Because when you prioritize putting honor and attaching honor to people, you're putting worth and value in a way. Let me tell you something. That is a powerful, powerful testimony. And I just want to give you an opportunity while I'm talking about the opportunity to prioritize some things. I'm going to give you the opportunity to sow into something we're doing this summer. Obviously, next weekend, we're starting our Summer of Love uh, series for the whole summer. We're super excited about it. We're going to be unpacking specifically out of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. We're going to unpack what love is truly all about. 
We're going to be talking about it all summer long. It's going to be a great and powerful, powerful series. And we're going to be launching life groups. And for those of you that want to just study this whole chapter, we're going to be unpacking that. We have a great tool and resource available for you that's going to be available for our life groups for those that want to do that with some friends. But all that said, we're having the opportunity to sow into our kids this summer. We're going to do it through what we call Adventure Week. And we're also going to be doing it through what, we, what we're calling our Motion Big Student Conference at the end of the summer. And so our outreach opportunity for kids is the biggest thing we do all summer long. Um, it's called Adventure Week. And we do it free of charge. But it's a tremendous expense to us as a church. And the reason why we do it free of charge is because, listen, we want to reach the unreached. We, wanna, we, we, we don't want any barrier to stand between a family or a child from being able to come and experience something like what we're going to be offering through Adventure Week. And, and for our students, a lot of kids want to be able to go to Motion, which is, a, a, which is probably now the, considered to be the largest student conference in America. Over 17,000 students uh, will be gathering together, hearing some of the greatest worship bands and some of the greatest youth communicators in the country. It's an amazing two or three day event that just literally is, is packed with life change for kids. But a lot of kids can't afford to go. And so we want to be able to give scholarships to kids that want and desire to go. And so what we're going to do is we're taking up a special Summer of Love offering next weekend just so we can sow and invest into the lives of our kids. Why? Because we're making that a priority. We want to honor the Lord in every area of our lives. And if it's something that you want to participate in, you can go online or you can bring an offering next week. Number two, if you're taking notes, is this. So not only do we prioritize it, listen, we also praise others. In other words, honor has a language. Honor has a language. And so when we speak well of others, here's what happens. When we speak well of others, and by the way, they don't always have to be in your presence. It's easy to speak well of somebody if they're in front of you. But how often do we speak well of people when they're not around? I like to say it this way. I call that reverse gossip. Man, we all like some juicy gossip, don't we? Hey, did you hear? Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw, but I read. Somebody, somebody told me. I heard somebody saying. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like, you know, I was watching the other day. And you know what we'll do? We'll talk negatively about somebody behind their back. And you know what that's called? That's called slander. That's called gossip. That does more to hurt and condemn. Why? Because we're condemning and we're hurting the very creation of God. Because we're seeing people as they are as opposed to seeing people as God sees them. And that's a game changer. And the problem with many people who are insecure people, the reason why insecure people have such a difficult time of giving honor and showing honor is because the focus is on themselves. You show me a self-focused, self-centered individual who is consumed with themselves, and I'll show you a person who has a very difficult time of yielding to authority and showing honor to people. And so what we've got to understand is this. We've got to understand that, listen, when we prioritize honor, and when we praise others, God is honored, and they are blessed. Here's what the scripture says in James 3, verses 9 through 10. We use our tongue 
to praise God, our Father. In other words, we come in here on Sunday morning. Man, we sing. We hold up our hands. We sing. Man, we worship the Lord. And man, oh, that's awesome. I love, I love Jesus. I love that song. We got Z88, you know, safe for the little ears. We're driving to church. And then we leave church and we turn on Z88, safe for the little ears. And then we'll go to a restaurant and here's the other side of that. So we use our tongue to praise God, our Father, and then turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sister, this should, say it out loud, never be. So the greatest single thing you can do to honor people is to speak well of people. Let that be the language that flows out of your mouth. Listen, put weight, put value, put worth on the, worth on the words that you choose to use, not just in saying it pe to people when they're around you, but saying it about that same person to other people when that same person's not around you. And so it's important that we understand, listen, when God chooses to bless people, God is also looking for people who are blessable. God cannot and will not bless unblessable behavior. And people continue what you tolerate. So we have to understand that when it comes to showing honor, we have to prioritize it, we have to be willing to praise others, and lastly, we have to protect people. We have to protect people because that's what honor does. Honor protects people. In other words, when you choose to put weight, value, uh, worth on an individual, why do you do that? Why do we, why do I, I mean, personalize this, why do I put worth, value, and weight to God? I'll tell you why. Because he matters to me. He matters to me. I wouldn't be who I am or where I am had it not been for the love that God demonstrated to me over 2,000 years ago when he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to suffer and die and to spill his blood for my sins and to be placed into a tomb and to three days later come back to life so that I could know forgiveness, so that I could have salvation so that I could be given an, a new beginning, a, a fresh start in my life spiritually, so that I could have a new purpose here on this earth and to have an eternal home that awaits me in heaven. Listen, God matters everything to me because all that, for all that he's done for me. And so the reason why it's important to me and the reason why he's a priority and the reason why I don't have a problem telling others about Jesus is because, listen, I honor him with my life. I honor him with my lips. And when I'm out on the golf course, which I don't do very often because it's just too tempt tempting for me to, the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Golf is just one of those spiritual warfare sports. I just stay away from it. <laughs> It'll test your patience. You'll know whether or not you're walking the will of God. You just go try to hit a golf ball and see what happens. You'll use language. You didn't even know you had. <laughs> but when you hear somebody use language and takes God's name in vain and says, God, you know what, fill in the blank. God is not the one who damns people to hell. 
No, the devil is the one who damns. Listen, we've got to understand that, listen, we ought to stand up for God. We ought to honor God and we ought to be bold for God in, in defending God when everybody else is talking down and speaking trash and using language that dishonors our living God. Amen? And we live in a day and age where it's just everywhere. But we ought to be willing to protect not just our relationship with God. I mean, we ought to protect people. We ought to protect people. Can I just say this? I think it's easy sometimes to fall into the trap of the temptation. Once again, to point our finger, expose people's flaws and imperfections. But let me share something with you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we should ever cover someone's sins. But the Bible does teach us that we ought to cover people's weaknesses. When you honor someone, you're willing to cover their weaknesses. You're not identifying, you're singling out or pointing your finger at their weaknesses because that's what happens when we get into the flesh and that's what happens when focus is on self. We're, we're pointing the finger at someone else. What are we doing? We're, as, as the Bible says, we're, we're, we're pointing the speck out in someone else's eye when we've got a big honking sequoia tree in our own eye. And so it's really easy to focus on somebody's problems and someone else's weaknesses and someone else's shortcomings and imperfections. But let me tell you something. God doesn't ever ask us to cover sins, but he does challenge us to cover people's weaknesses. One of my favorite stories is in the book of, of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 9. And, and many of you know the story where, where, where Noah, you know, he was the one that God used to, you know, to, to build, a, build a boat and rescue so many and and, and, you know, and, and to start over with. And, and so after the flood, the, you know, the, the waters had, had subsided and they began to start over and begin to basically re, re -toil the, to, to, to toil the land. And, 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 and Noah began to plant gardens and vineyards and one thing led to another. And he ended up getting drunk from the very wine that was produced from the vineyards that he had just, you know, planted. And, and here's Noah, this great man of God. Bible says he was the only blameless, blameless man living at the time before the flood. Noah, unfortunately, was a good man, but he ended up doing a very bad thing. Noah got drunk. He was lying literally naked in his tent. He had three sons. One of his sons walked in on him and saw his weakness, saw him exposed, and he scoffed at him. He went to his two brothers and he said, could you see dad? And began to ridicule and criticize and mock his father to his two older brothers. The two other brothers, two other sons of Noah, you know what they did? They took a blanket or they took a, like a large cloth or blanket and they draped it over their shoulders and they walked in backwards so that as they approached their father, they didn't look at him because they didn't want to shame him, but they draped they covered that blanket and covered their father. They didn't cover his sin. What they were doing is they were covering his weakness. And that's what honor does. Imagine what would happen if husbands and wives, rather than pointing fingers and casting blame and criticizing and condemning and saying words that destroy tear down and cut and demean and ridicule. Imagine what would happen in marriages if we were willing to cover one another's weaknesses because we're placing worth and value and weight 
We're not seeing them as they are. We're seeing them as God sees them. We're honoring them. Imagine what would happen if kids treated their parents that way. Imagine if parents treated their kids that way. Imagine what would happen in our society, in our culture today, if people were willing to honor one another the way God has intended. By placing worth, value, and weight. Why? Because people matter. If people matter to God, how much more should they matter to us? Is anybody receiving this this morning? Is this, is this helpful to you this morning? Hey, this is, I'm just trying to put the cookies down here on the lower shelf. Because let me tell you something. We need to bring honor back. And we need to live lives that are honorable. Let's live with honor. Let's bow our heads together in prayer.